0: good morning everybody oh that was weak good morning good morning morning. morning. thank you welcome to Crestview Baptist Church thank you for choosing to come worship with us this morning I'm glad to be here I'm glad to see everybody Um, and just a few announcements to get us started Uh, we are going to we got a lot going on this week Um. Don't forget about our Wednesday night stuff that we do, our Bible study in here, our youth and children's things down at the building. We have our um, Christmas play practice starting at 5.30. Uh, We have a light meal after that. Don't forget about that if you're coming. Um, These are very important weeks leading up to the Christmas play, so any any week you miss, uh, I mean, I understand, but it... You know, it, it affects the whole group, so if you can be here, please do your best to be here for that. Also, youth, um, I need you to do your best to be here Wednesday night. We are going to be going over final stuff with Sandra for music on uh, Youth Sunday, that which is next Sunday. Um, follow Well, before Youth Sunday, we have our fall festival. So don't forget about that. If you want to come, set a trunk up. If you want to come, hang out, uh, help with. Um, we're gonna be serving some hot dogs. If you want to come, help serve hot dogs. If you want to come and, um, they're gonna. But let's see. We're gonna be doing a cake We're gonna be doing bingo. We're gonna be doing uh, hot dogs. So there's gonna be stuff going on all over. It's a good opportunity for us to mingle with the community and witness and just get out there and just share Jesus with the community we live in. We have a lot of people who may not step foot in a church um, or step foot on a church grounds any other time, but they'll be there because there's free food, free candy, free games, and so it's a good opportunity to invite people to church, good opportunity to share Jesus with others. Uh you Sunday's next Sunday. I invite all you to that. It's going to be very exciting um hopefully in a good way, so you never know when you get a put a, put a bunch of young people in charge of the service, and I'm actually in charge. I didn't just let them tell me what to do, so I'm actually in charge uh they might think they're in charge, so we'll see how that goes next sunday but i'm <laughs> what you... she said that was debatable, I think it's... <laughs> Threw me off my game. So look at, so, but I'm excited about that. November the 4th, our breakfast is coming up. And November the 5th, um, don't forget about our clocks changing back. So you will be, I always get it mixed up. You'll be, you're falling back, so we'll be, you'll be late for some, you'll be early, right? No, you'll be late. You'll be early. So hey, don't set your clocks back. You'll be early for church. So, so. And I always get, and it always messes my brain up. So, uh, but I think that's all the announcement. Joy looks like she's got something to say. I saw it on her face. She was sitting there. She was just anticipating getting up here. After Joy and Les Sanders got something down, to say I'm going to turn it over to Artie for prayer.
1: Okay, I just want to let everyone know that we've got uh, spots for Samaritan's Purse Processing Center, and it's going to be at Boone. And we're going on December the 12th, and we'll work one to five. Uh, we'll have to leave earlier than that. What time, Marty? About t- 10:30. What time you one. one. Okay, we'll plan on leaving about 10, uh, or if we need to update that, we will. But just be sure and put that on your calendar if you want to go work. Uh, It's always a good experience, and we have lots of fun doing it, and plus we get to eat somewhere. (laughs) And also our Lottie Moon Supper and Auction, we'll have a sign-up for that probably next week. And uh, we've got uh, Sherry Hawkins, our newest member, who she and the WMU are going to fix the food ourselves, so it'll be delicious.
2: Good morning. morning. It is great to see everybody here today, and thank you for being here. If you are visiting with us, please take an opportunity to fill out a visitor's card and place it in the offering plate when it comes back by later so that we just have a record of your attendance and, and just want to know if there's anything that we can do to help you, to pray for you, anything like that. Also, I have to warn you, There's no more talking behind the preacher's back and the preacher not being able to hear what you say because I got my new
3: ears.
2: (laughs) And I will tell you they work way too good. Or well. Paul? Well? Well. Thank you. Um, Doesn't mean I can talk right, but it means I can hear right. Um, So I hear a lot of things. Now, I walked into Circle K this morning and I'm usually not in a tie when I walk in there and I walk in and the manager said something and I said, I heard that. She's turned beet red, turned beet red. And I said, if I before Thursday, I wouldn't have been able to know what you said, but I could hear you now. So um, but it is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning and we are here to worship him. And as we begin our time of worship today, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our blessed Heavenly Father, thank You so much for everything that You've done for us. Dear Lord, I know that there are people here within this congregation this morning that are dealing with things in their lives. There are some that are are dealing with loss and sadness because of a death of someone close to them. There are people here that are dealing with uncertainties, waiting on results from tests. There are some that are dealing with family issues. There are some that are facing major medical issues in their lives. But dear Lord, you are in control of all of those. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. God, the provider. Dear Lord, you are the one that provides all our needs. You are the one that provides us with hope. You are the one that provides us with security. And dear Lord, while we may not understand why certain things happen, the one thing that you, we can trust is that you have a plan and that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Dear Lord, be with us today. And as we have gathered together in Your name just for this short time, that You would take those cares and set them aside so that we can focus on You this morning. Dear Lord, I ask that Your Spirit move among Your people today, that You have Your way with us. That the gospel be proclaimed today through song, through speech, through action. That Your gospel be proclaimed. And that your name be praised and lives be changed because of Jesus Christ. Ask all of this and we give you all the honor and glory for it. In the precious name of our living Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
4: Would you stand as we sing our call to worship page 206. Blessed be the name, 206. us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for our gifts. We thank you for the blessings that you give us daily. And now I ask that you will bless these gifts and these tithes and the giver. For it is your name that we pray. Amen. Would you stand again as we sing our hymn of praise, number 329, Grace Greater Than Our Sin. 329.
0: somebody tell me one of your rules that you have at your scope. How want you to hear one of your rules at the scope? Um, this is going to be a camera. All right, let's hear one of your rules at the scope. that. You do the whole scope, right? So you have rules. What's your rule? Not to, uh, like, make too much noise or not work it.
3: Don't work anything
0: like that. Oh, uh, that's a good rule at the scope. Don't make sure much noise. don't knock anything down. <laughs> But we're going to talk when we go to church church about what that can mean. And we may have other things that we put in our life before God. And that's the same thing as having another God before you.
3: So we're going to talk. So we don't put
0: any... Oh, 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 oh. So... Alright, well, so that's what we're going to talk about. So, it could be money. It could be video games. It could be our friends, And... We're going to talk about the importance of the laws today, and we're going to talk about not having any other God's importance. So, <coughs> thank you, all those laws we just talked about that you have at home, we have on the roads, and we're going to start talking about laws that God gives us, okay? Let's bow our heads and go a little bit of prayer. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for each one of the boys and girls that are here. Thank you for... Giving us rules and giving us laws. When we go to school, we know that if we ran around and acted like crazy people, we wouldn't get anything done. Lord, it's the same thing in our life outside. You give us laws to follow. To help us follow you in a way that is honoring you. As we start digging through these laws and, and learn what it means to follow God's law and what it means that Jesus came. And what what all all Jesus means when it comes to Father and God. Lord, I just pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds, and help us to listen to whatever it is that you have for us today. We love you and we praise you. All this I ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
3: we can get-
2: Thank you, choir. Well, today we are going to be looking at the last three statements of the Apostles' Creed. I tried to go through and see how I could break these up, but in actuality I could not find a way Timothy, don't do that. Thank you. I could not find a way of how to break these up. So, we're going to look at all three of these, and I'll explain to you why I couldn't break them up in the beginning as we're looking at these. But this is my creed the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So we're going to begin by looking at Scripture. So it, we're going to be looking at three different Scriptures here at the beginning. All of them written by John. Two of them will be out of 1 John. One will be out of the Gospel of John. So at first, if you would turn to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. And if you would stand as I read God's Word. This is what John writes here. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then flip over to the Gospel of John. John chapter 5, and we're going to look at two verses here verses 28 and 29. John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29 says this, and this is Jesus speaking as recorded by John. It says, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs sh- <coughs> shall hear his voice and shall come forth. Those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life, those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. And then flip back to 1 John chapter 2. And this is what it says here, chapter verse John chapter 2 verse 17. The world is passing away, and also its lust but the one who does the will of God lives forever. Lives forever. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You for what we see the Apostle John writing in these verses. Not only in his Gospel, but also in his first letter. Dear Lord, bless this reading of Your Word. Help us to understand these things. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior we pray. Amen. So, as always, we're going to start with the facts. Fact number one is that the Apostle Creed states basic theological beliefs that are taught in Scripture. You see, the Apostle's Creed was written to combat Teachings, heresy, false teachings that were coming up. And so they combined all these basic Christian beliefs taught by the apostles, taught by Jesus, and found in scriptures, and they came up with this Apostles' Creed. In this particular section, we have the forgiveness of sins, basic. Very basic Christian belief. An actual bodily resurrection. And then finally, eternal life. The reason I could not separate these three and, and, and preach them one at a time is because these three together represent the Gospel of Jesus Christ. You think about it. The Gospel says that we will have forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ. That we will be resurrected. That death is not the end. That we will be resurrected to be with Him. And that we will have eternal life with Him that is the gospel of jesus christ and the fact that all of these other basic christian beliefs that are held within this creed that it culminates with the good news of the gospel that was not by accident but that is also why i could not separate these things because all of them are a component of the gospel of jesus christ so let's look at this first point. The forgiveness of sins. Go back to that first verse that we read. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have to understand a few things. The first is that this forgiveness is an attribute of God. God is a forgiving God. Psalms 103, verse 10-13 through 13 says this, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His loving kindness toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. One of the heresies that is taught and even taught today is that God is a loving God. And that God will eventually forgive everybody. That God, you know, we hear all the time, God is love. Yes, God is love. And God's desire is for all of us to become His children. I said a few weeks ago that we have to get past this myth that has been taught that we are all God's children because we are not all God's children. We have all been created in the image of God but only those that accept Jesus Christ have been adopted into His family becoming a child of God. But we're being told, and it's being preached by pulpit, that we're all God's children. And that God's forgiveness is for everybody. Yes, God's forgiveness is everybody, but it's contingent. It is contingent. And the only thing that we have to do the only thing that is our part in this forgiveness is what? Repent. Ask for it. The Bible says not only in 1 John nine, it says if. It's an if-then statement. If. We confess our sins, then what? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. It's an if then statement. Even here that we read that David wrote in Psalm. What is that last? So the Lord has compassion on those who what? Fear. Him. It is not for everybody, but it is an attribute of God. He wants to forgive us. He wants to show His loving kindness to us, but it's contingent on our acceptance that we are sinners. And I'm going to tell you something. Church, Church. We've got it wrong. A lot of places people think that churches are sanctuaries for the holy and the righteous. That's not scriptural. Jesus himself says it's not the healthy that needs a doctor, but who? The sick. I hate to break it to you. But y'all are messed up. You know how I know? Because I'm messed up too. And it blows my mind when I think about it that God called such a broken, messed up person to preach His Word and to lead His church. And then I start thinking about it. Well, Jesus called a bunch of messed up miscreants to be His disciples. Did they get everything right all the time? No. They didn't. I don't get things right all the time. But that's okay, because you know what? None of us do. We are all messed up. And we all are in need of God's loving kindness and His forgiveness. And thank the Lord above that part of who He is, His attribute is forgiveness. Then we have to also understand about the forgiveness of sin is that it cannot be earned. There is nothing that you can do to earn His forgiveness. Ephesians 2, 8-10 says this, For grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them. It doesn't matter how many times you come to church. It doesn't matter how much money you give to the church. It doesn't matter how many cats you rescue out of a tree. It doesn't matter how many babies you rescue from a burning building. It doesn't matter how far you crawl on your hands and knees. It doesn't matter how much you do you will never, ever do enough to earn forgiveness. It cannot be earned. Why? Because if we could earn it, we would say it was ours. That we did it. But because forgiveness comes through Jesus Christ and it is a free gift of God, there is not a thing that we can do about it to say that we earned it or even that we deserve it because we don't. It is a gift from God. Well, how does God give us forgiveness? Because Jesus paid for it. Our forgiveness was paid for by Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1-7 In Him we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. We have forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. His blood covered our sins once and for all. It has been paid for. When we sing the song, Jesus paid it all, this is what we're saying. He was the perfect sacrifice. He was the one and for all end all offering for our sins. No longer does a priest have to kill an animal and burn it on an altar and shed its blood for our forgiveness. That was just an example, a symbol of what was to come. And that is why we call Jesus Christ the Lamb of God. Because His body was broken and laid on the altar of the cross. And His blood was spilled as an atonement not only for our sins, but for everybody else's sins in the past and in the future. Once and for all, Jesus paid for our forgiveness. And on top of that, why did Jesus have to die? Because forgiveness is promised again if we confess our sins he is faithful and righteous or just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness he promises us that he will forgive us if we confess our sins this, isn't, this doesn't say, well, if you do this, He might decide to do this. That's not what He says, is it? It says, if we confess, He will forgive us. Because that is who He is. And He promises us that. And has God ever not kept a promise? No. No. He always keeps His promises. And then the second part of this creed, or this part of the creed, the resurrection of the body. John five twenty eight and 29. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear His voice and will come forth. Those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life. Those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of the judgment. Here is one thing that we fail to remember is that the resurrection is not just for believers. You guys realize that? Believers and unbelievers will both be resurrected to face the final judgment. Let's jump back over to another book that John wrote. Revelation, Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 and 15, or 11 through 15, then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it from whose presence earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead the great and the small standing before the throne. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, this is the second death. The lake, of the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Both. Believers and unbelievers will be resurrected. One for blessings and one for judgment. And this is a bodily Resurrection. It is not just a resurrection of spirit. It is a bodily resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus is the pattern for all other resurrections. Philippians three twenty through 21 For our citizenship is in heaven from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. Jesus Christ is going to make our body like His. We know for a fact that Jesus Christ, when He resurrected on the third day, He... Was in bodily form. Remember, he told Mary, don't touch him yet because he had not yet returned to his father. But then when he came back again and appeared to his disciples, he had them touch him. He said, Here, fill my hands, fill my feet, fill my side. I am here. It is a bodily resurrection. When the resurrection is used in Scripture, it means a bodily resurrection. By the mere definition of the word, it means bodily. Matthew 22, 30-32, For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. But regarding the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And then 1 Corinthians 15-52, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. And then Job 19-25-27, as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. And at the last, He will take His stand on the earth. Even after my skin is destroyed, yet from my flesh I shall see God, whom I myself shall behold, and whom my eyes will see, not another. My heart faints within me. There is no scriptural context, no scriptural description of Resurrection in spirit only. That does not, that idea is not scriptural. In fact, this was an idea that Paul preached about because there was a belief, there was a teaching that was coming around that saying that when Christ resurrected, he was not resurrected in body, but he was just a spirit. He was resurrected in spirit, and they did not believe that resurrection was a bodily resurrection. That is foreign from Scripture. It is not found in Scripture anywhere. Every time it talks about resurrection, it talks about a bodily resurrection, even in the Old Testament, where Job says that even though my flesh has been destroyed, I will praise You in my flesh. I will see You with my eyes. They are bodily resurrection. Why? because our redeemer lives and so will we now the third part of this and the life everlasting amen 1 john 2:17 the world is passing away and also its lust but the one who does the will of god lives forever. The Bible is very clear on the teaching of eternity. Everyone will have eternal life or eternal damnation, death, torment. Daniel 12.2 says this, Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake these to everlasting life but the others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. Old Testament, Daniel prophesying that everyone will raise from the dead. Some will raise to light, some will raise to eternal contempt or everlasting contempt. And then Matthew twenty-five forty-six: These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Eternal life is the reward for believing in Jesus Christ as your Savior. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Then John 3.16 The Gospel in a Nutshell. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. And then Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So when we accept Him, when we obey Him, when we confess our sins, that we are giving eternal life a blessing we are going to live a life eternally with Jesus because of Jesus but eternal death and torment is the punishment for rejecting Jesus Christ as our savior John 3:17 through 18 just after John 3.16, John continues to quote Jesus and writes this, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. He who believes in Him is not judged, but he who does not believe has been judged already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And then Matthew 25.41 then He will also say to those on His left, Depart from Me, accursed ones, into the internal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. And then Revelation 10 or 20 again, verses 10, 14, and 15. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Eternal life or eternal death. Many people teach that it's the idea of hell is just a separation from God. For a Christian, yes, I can see that. Because if you are a Christian and you separate yourself from God, from Jesus Christ, you're miserable. You cannot be happy because you know what it's like to be in the presence of God and to walk with Him. And when you remove yourself from Him and you walk away, you can't stay there. Because you're miserable. And you want to be back where He is. But the Bible doesn't teach that hell and and, and punishment and eternal death is, is just a separation from God. It literally teaches that it is a physical punishment. It is eternal torment where the worm never dies, where there is wailing and gnashing of teeth for all eternity for rejecting Jesus Christ as Savior. This last part of the Creed is the Gospel of Jesus Christ. He died to pay for our forgiveness. The forgiveness of sin that we may have a bodily resurrection, a life everlasting. Anytime it talks about eternal life or life everlasting, it means joy. It means blessing. It means comfort. It means peace. It means being made whole again. And so, this life everlasting is a result of the forgiveness of our sins. The the result of being bodily resurrected with Christ. I love the fact that the Bible says that when He does return, what does it say? Who's going to go first? The dead in Christ will rise first, and then the rest will be caught up with them in the air. This is not just a spiritual thing. But when the time comes, it's going to be a sign to everybody here on earth that Jesus Christ has returned and He is exactly who He said He was because they're going to be standing there and their wife's going to be gone, their neighbor's going to be gone, their husband's going to be gone, and they're going to see them being caught up in the air. It's going to be a visible bodily resurrection. And they're going to see the graves open up and the dead in Christ rise to meet Him in the air. Life everlasting is to be with our Savior forever and ever and ever. Psalm 23.6 Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell... Where? In the house of the Lord forever and then John 14:1 through 3 Do not let your heart be troubled believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many dwelling places if it were not so I would have told you for I go to prepare a place for you if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also Oh what a promise Even though this Apostles' Creed was written and recited to combat heresy, false teachings that were rising up, and to help Christians understand the basics of Christian belief, it ends with probably the greatest, and not probably, definitely, the greatest thing. it ends with the promise of eternal life. And I love the fact that it ends with the word Amen. Amen is not just a word that we say when we end a prayer. It is not something somebody shouts at the end, or when the preacher says something good. I have been told that it means sic'em. Like you would do a dog. That's not what it means. What that word means is so be it. Simple. So be it. It is a word of agreement. It is a word of factual understanding that what was said was unmitigated truth. And so the last word of the Apostles' Creed is Amen. Everything preceding that from I believe in God the Father to, I believe in life everlasting. Everything was truth. And all of it, we have spent the last several weeks, a couple of months, going through this step by step through this creed. All of it has its foundation in Scripture and teachings of the apostles and teachings of Christ. And also, foundations in the Old Testament. It is the basic beliefs that we hold when we say we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. We may not understand it, but that is part of growing in Christ. But this is what we say when we say we believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior. So ending with the gospel is a very fitting way to end this creed. And I challenge you, everyone in here is, has eternal life, or it has eternity. God is calling you through Jesus Christ to have eternal life with him but it's contingent on your belief in Him. Confessing the fact that you are a sinner. The ABCs of of salvation is admit that you are a sinner. And then you have to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for your sins. To buy your forgiveness. And then you have to confess Him before men. This is your opportunity. If you've not done that, this is your opportunity right now to come meet Jesus Christ face to face and have Him change your life in a very dynamic way. If God is telling you that you need to become part of this congregation, part of this family of imperfect people serving a perfect God, this is your opportunity. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do right now, don't leave this place. You're not guaranteed another second. You're not guaranteed another minute. You're not guaranteed anything. Don't leave this place without doing business with God today. Whatever it is that He's calling you to do, this is your invitation to deal with God. As we sing this song.
4: Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation? One thirty four. Jesus paid it all.
5: I hear the
3: Saber
5: say.
2: Is something that we need to constantly remember. Sometimes we forget it as Christians. Nothing good have I except by grace. We need to remember that as we go into this world into our lives, that we do not save ourselves. And we ought not think too highly of ourselves but because it's by the grace of God that we have salvation. It's by the grace of God that we are not lying in a gutter. It's by the grace of God that we are not alcoholics or drug addicts. It is by the grace of God that we have been saved. And we need to remember that as we go out and be His witnesses in a lost and dying world. It's not our job to change people. It's our job to introduce them to the one that can. Okay, So thank you for being here. Don't forget that we do have a busy week. Um, Bible study we just started in here. We just started with the book of Daniel. Um, And we're going to be going through that here in the sanctuary on Wednesday nights at 630 Youth and Children 530 play practice and then Bible study after that. And uh, next week in a big weekend with the fall festival on Saturday and then Youth Sunday on Sunday. I hope everyone has a safe week. Please be in prayer for the Garnetts and their neighbor, um, Nelson Hopps and his family, um, Whitney Hopps was killed in a car wreck just the other night. Her funeral is tomorrow. This is their next-door neighbor. So please pray for them and pray for Nelson and his children, eight-year-old and 10-year-old child. So please be in prayer for them as well. And Larry, would you mind coming and dismissing us from, in, in prayer? Father God, we come to you again humbly, humbly asking forgiveness by our shortcoming and our sins. Father, thank you so much for sending the message that you sent to our pastor today. A heartfelt message that is no folks, no truth. And I hope we keep in our hearts and keep in our minds the sacrifice you made for us that gives us the opportunity to have salvation, eternal salvation with you for eternity. Yes, it's in Jesus Christ, the holy special name, our Father in heaven, this humble language prayer we pray.